Welcome back to Dare for More. This has been the series we've just kicked off from last week. Uh, and we have looked at one concept so far, and that is the amount of faith you put in will determine the outcome that God gives you. If you remember carefully, Joe Ash was given an opportunity to strike the ground, three to strike the ground, but he chose to strike the ground three times. God honored his striking by giving him three times victory over the Arameans or the Syrians, but God intended to destroy the Arameans, but because his faith was not as it needed to be, he, will, he limited God. Uh, today, I want to build on the foundation that I started last week, and I want to work with the concept, dare to ask for more. Dare to ask for more. And I've chosen as our scripture text, uh, John chapter 4, verses 3 uh, to 10. Now, I love the Gospel of John because the Gospel of John is one of those uh, books that really uncovers who Jesus is. And in particular, the story in John chapter 4 about this encounter Jesus has with the woman. We call this story as the woman at the well. But it's interesting to me that uh, it's Jesus who was at the well first. And the woman found Jesus at the well. So maybe we need to label this story, the woman who found Jesus at the well. Now, the reason why I say this is because I, I have intended it to strike you in a specific manner. Uh, sometimes we read the Bible and because of what we've already been told, we come to the Bible with our own, I mean, with those uh, pre-cooked microwaved ideas and we apply them to the Bible, but we don't see anything new. But when you take the Bible and read it for yourself and really try to discover what is there, you realize that what you have been told may not be the full story. So I, I, I want to tell you, please read your Bibles. And uh, maybe I'm going to do a series on the Bible at, at some point. But I really realize that a lot of people don't read the Bible. You know what I mean? Don't read the Bible. So let's read the Bible a little more. But today, I want to focus on dare to ask for more. And we're picking up the story in John chapter 4 and verse 3. And I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. The text says, He, Jesus, left Judea and departed again into Galilee. Jesus left one locasi for another locasi. In verse 4, it says, and he must needs go through Samaria. He must needs go through Samaria. In other words, Jesus had intentionality. Don't miss that. In verse 5 says, then he cometh, then cometh he to a seat of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour, that's noontime. Verse 7 says, there cometh a woman of Samaria, a woman from Samaria, to draw water. Jesus saith, or Jesus asked the woman, give me to drink. Give me to drink. Verse 8 says, and this is a parenthesis right here. It's like the writer is telling us a little detail that is important to the story. 
for his disciples were going away unto the city to buy meat. And now that's not, that's not beef. That's not chicken for you meat eaters. This is food. All right. And, and don't come to me and tell me, hey, Pastor, Jesus ate meat. I know he did, but don't prove it from this verse. Verse 9 says, Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, that thou, you, 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 being a Jew, askest drink of me, which I'm a woman of Samaria? How dare you ask me to drink, and I am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Take note of this audacity. There was audacity in the request of Jesus. Verse 10 and the last verse. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, ooh, and who it is that saith, saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Take note of this gravity. Jesus had intentionality, Jesus had audacity, and Jesus had gravity. Dare to ask for more. Let us pray. Dear God, help me. Help me. In Jesus' name, amen. When someone misreads your intentions, it might be necessary to change a situation. It might be necessary to change a location. It might be necessary to change a direction. The Jews, the Pharisees, read or misread the intentions of Jesus again. They hear the report that Jesus is baptizing people. Uh, now, the truth of the matter is Jesus was not baptizing people. It was his disciples. But the reason why they were so concerned about the baptizing of Jesus is because they felt that he was after the popularity of John the Baptist. Because in the time of Jesus, in the time of John, it mattered how popular you were with the people. They thought that Jesus was an addict for popularity. They thought Jesus was a chaser of likes, <laughs> of comments, and followers. But they misunderstood the intentions of Jesus. Jesus wasn't after popularity. Jesus wasn't after likes and, and followers. Jesus was not after those things. So in order to avoid a confrontation, Jesus decided to leave the situation in Judea for the safetyness of Galilee. Now, there were about three roads that could take you from Judea in the south to Galilee in the north. There were three roads that could take you there, but one road took you there a little bit faster. Now, according to historian Josephus, he says that if you passed through Samaria, you could get from Judea uh, to Galilee in a space of three days. 
And so Jesus, uh, wanting to get to 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 Galilee, this um to Galilee, decided to go through Samaria. Now check this: most Jews, when they traversed or when they traveled from Galilee to Samaria, no, from from Galilee to Judea. From Judea to Galilee, they were allowed to pass through Samaria because they had a need for speed. I'm not talking about the game now. But Jesus' desire to pass through Samaria, as we read in verse 4, wasn't a need for speed. It was a desire to meet a need. Jesus wanted to change a situation and therefore the text says he must needs go through Samaria. I'm going somewhere and we're going to get there if you follow along. You see, I learned something this morning that I need you to understand. You can pass through the same path but sprinkle it with a different flavor. You can go through the same road, but sprinkle your passage with a different flavor. Uh, I pass from my apartment to Caucasus many times. And, and many times I've passed through Caucasus and I have seen there a man uh, who seems to have been worn out by years of struggle. His clothes are old. His face certainly is old. His hair seems messy uh, when i look at him i don't think water has touched his body and i have passed this man many times walking to caucus running past caucus i have passed this man uh, one day in conversation with an elder at church we talked about this man and the elder testified and he told me that every time that I pass this man, I make sure that I drop him some IDRs. When I heard that testimony, that he passes this path, he, he, he passes this man and he drops him some IDRs. There was a tug in my heart. I was touched with the, the idea that next time that I pass this man, this man who has been worn out by years of struggle, this man whom his clothes are old, this man whom his, his, he hasn't taken a shower, I need to make sure that the next time that I pass this man, I should drop him some IDRs. And by God's grace, every time that I pass this man, I drop him some IDRs. Sometimes it is Sepuluribu. Sometimes it is Duopuluribu. Uh, I don't go any further than that. But I try to drop him some IDRs because I have I've intended in my mind that when I pass this path, I'm going to bring a different flavor. You see, you can be the change you want to see. You can be the difference maker in the life of somebody. You can be in a situation and bring a change in that situation if you decide that I'm going to change this situation with a different flavor. Yes, it is this same old house, but you can come in the house and bring a smile in that house. Yes, 
it is your same old job with your same old grumpy employees, those disheartened uh, co-workers, those people who want to leave the company, but you can come in there with a different flavor. Yes, you know that somebody doesn't have what they need to, to eat, what they need to have a little poster, what they need to take care of their needs. You can bring a different flavor. You can be the change that you want to see. And here I see Jesus, a man who dared for more. He understood that the change is within me and I can bring a different flavor to this situation. Brothers and sisters, I make this claim and I, I want you to understand that sometimes we complain. Sometimes we murmur. But what if we stop complaining, we stop murmuring and we take what I call a, a salt shaker of, 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 of flavor that, that, that flavor when we pass by a situation we see oh there is trash here let me pick up the trash and throw it in the trash uh, we see that people are not happy people are sad what if I brought a smile we can be the difference but too many of us uh, we do our jobs the same old ways we carry ourselves the same old ways we don't bring a different flavor as we should but here Jesus teaches me, and I hope you are learning, that Jesus intended to pass the same old path through Samaria, but he said, this time, I'm going to do it a little bit different. You know, many of us are going to work in the same companies. We're going to work in the same, in the same places. We're going to have the same family members. We're going to have... Um, the same employers. Many of us are going to live within Jakarta. We're not going to travel too many places. We're not going to change and, 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 and live in uh, Australia. Or some of us may do that. But generally most of us, our, uh, we are settled. That's what I'm trying to say. But the difference maker will be how you flavor your situation with a different intention. The intention of wanting to change the situation for the better. And this is what I see. That if you want to do better, and if you really want to change the situation, you must begin at intentionality. Please do not miss this. Now you see, philosophers, they look at intentionality as the contents of your mind. What is in your mind? Like right now, I am telling you, what is in my mind? I'm preaching a sermon to you. You are listening. And so you are listening to the contents of my mind. Uh, you are listening to the state of my mind. You, you Right now you know what I'm thinking because I'm telling it to you. That's what philosophers call intentionality. But I'm not talking about the contents of your mind. I am talking about purpose and direction. You really need to figure out intentionally the purpose and the direction in which you're going to go. You must, hear me carefully, you must be willing to outline your intentions. And I want you to see very carefully here with Jesus that he outlined the direction of his intentions and he also outlined the destination of his intentions. Let me break it down for you when we look at the, the direction. Notice the text says that Jesus, he must go through Samaria. That means that Jesus knew exactly where he was going. Jesus knew the path in which he was going to follow. The question is, do you know where you're going to go? Do you know the path your life is supposed to take? Uh, work with me for a moment. 
Uh, for example, you want to get a higher degree. You want to change a job. You want to change a location. The question is, do you know how you're going to get there? Do you know the plan? Do you know the strategy? Do you know the, the, the tools that you need? How are you going to get the degree? How are you going to get the relationship? How are you going to get the business deal? How are you going to change and get a better position? What is the plan that you're going to follow? So Jesus said, I want to go to Samaria. I must go through Samaria. This is the direction. Your intentions are important, but without a direction, then you're going to be like a, a ship lost at sea without a captain. Jesus also, check this, he knew the destination. And here I love the text in verse number five when it says, Jesus came, arrived at the destination in Sychar. Here in Sychar, we are told critical information. And please do not miss the critical information. Here we have critical information we are told, and it is this. He came near to the parcel of ground. Now, a little testimony right here. Uh, this week, I was talking to my dad, and my dad gave me a piece of land. I feel like a landowner now. I, I feel like I have, I have something to my name. Like, my dad says, Henry, that's your land. Do whatever you want to do with it. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm an owner of land. And here we are told that a father, Jacob, gives his son a piece of land. And it is here that Jesus finds himself. Now, the Jews looked at Samaria not as the promised land. They looked at Samaria as the land of the rejects, the dejected, the people that were no good for nothing. They looked at Samaria as the place where you could step on and they looked at Samaria as a place where you could dust your feet on. They looked at Samaria as a no good place. But Jesus comes, his intentionality leads him to Sychar in Samaria, to the place where Joseph was given a piece of land. And here the text is letting us know, Jesus came to the promised land, though people didn't see it as a promised land in the USA. The land of the free, the home of the brave and the land of the free. There are 11 million people who live in the land, but they're not getting the rights of the land. In fact, they are called aliens and some of them, they are called dreamers. They only dream to be a part of the land. Now here Jesus comes to let the Samaritans know, to let the people in Samaria know that this land is a piece of the pie of the promised land. And so the destination was very clear to Jesus because he wanted to give dreamers a dream. He wanted to change a situation that they thought could not be changed. He wanted to bring about a different situation. So hear me very carefully. When I talk about your intentions having a direction, when I talk about your intentions having a destination, I am saying to you that you need to know that whatever direction you're going to take your life, it needs to accomplish a dream. When you get to, to the destination, 
There needs to be a change. You see, Jesus understood that my life is going to make a difference. That what I do can make a difference in the life of somebody. I'm going to make dreamers the ones who achieve their dream. And so you want to get a job. Yes, you want to travel to another country. You want to improve your situation. I get it. But so what? What's going to happen for your family members? What's going to happen for the people around you? Or is it just about you? You see, when you dare for more, when you dare for more, and you know that I want to accomplish good and great things, then your intentions reflect that. I'm reminded of Martin Luther King Jr. Remember the, the speech. If you haven't read the speech, but please go and read it. Martin Luther King is one of my favorite authors. I like to read him. I like to, to, to study his life. But he made a very wonderful calculation. He had a direction. I'm going to march to Washington. And he had a destination. I have a dream that one day hey, black boys and, and, and white boys and, 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 and black girls and, and white girls, that they're going to be together. That a man is not going to be judged by the color of his skin, by the content of his character. You, you know this. He had that dream and as we look at history now we see that oh my goodness the destination of Martin Luther King is was to change to bring people who were disadvantaged and underprivileged to to lift them up he wanted to change the situation and here Jesus is doing the very same thing because he wants to change a situation but you see it's not only about outlining your intentions. You need to execute those intentions. Uh, you see, Jesus came to Sychar at the sixth hour. At the sixth hour, here it is noontime. Now, at noontime, the, 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 the sun really beats upon, upon the ground. You know, it's, it's bright, it's, it's, it's sunny, it's, it's, it's hot. And most of us, at noontime, we want to be in the shade. We are not brave enough to go outside. In fact, some of us, we are afraid we're going to get a little bit darker. So here, Jesus comes at noontime, at a time when nobody was expecting anybody to be at the well. But Jesus came at this particular moment. You see, what you need to understand is that sometimes when you want to execute your intentions, you might have to execute them at a time, at a place that is... That is not the norm. Who would have thought that a man would be at the well at noon? Nobody would do that. So sometimes in our lives, we'll find ourselves in a situation that, hey, I want to accomplish this plan, but nobody is going with me. I want to go and exercise, but nobody wants to join me. Well, that's okay. It's your intentions. And make sure that, you know what? I'm going to execute the intentions no matter what. The conditions should never make you change your desire to execute your intentions. Check this. And we're given another important detail that when Jesus Christ comes with the disciples, at two Sychar, the text says that the disciples went into the city to buy meat. What that means is meat, not, not, not chicken, not beef. Mm -hmm. They went to buy food. And I'm sure when they got there, they're talking to Jesus. Jesus, look, we, we are hungry. <laughs> you know, some people get angry when they're hungry. So he says, we are hungry. We want to go in the city and, and, fi and find food. And I'm sure that Jesus was also hungry and hungry. I'm sure Jesus wanted to eat, right? I'm sure Jesus wanted to go out in, in Sychar and try out the new joints in Sychar. I'm sure he wanted to try out the Sycharian rendang. I'm sure he wanted to try out the Sycharian uh, 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 
ayam and you know he wanted to try out this icarian uh, martha buck i'm sure he wanted to do that but jesus understood that i'm here for a specific intention and therefore i'm not going to allow this moment to pass me by because you need to understand that sometimes when you want to execute your intentions you will have to do it in isolation so here Jesus is there by himself. The disciples are in the city. He's there by himself because he understood that this moment is that critical. I need to be alone. But because I'm alone, I'm able to accomplish my purpose and my dream. So I have a friend. He is uh, from England. Uh, we meet up sometimes. We, 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 we get together and, and we jog together. So on Monday, I'm, I'm, I'm just walking around my, my, my area. I, I finished my uh, workout and, and I was going home. Now, what you need to know about me is that I like hanging out with people. Like if I see a friend of mine walking on the street, I'm going to go to that person. Let's start talking, cutting stories and all that kind of thing. So, so I see my friend and I'm like, oh, uh, I'm, I'm walking by myself, by myself, isolation. I'm alone. And in my head... I want you to get this. In my head, I was telling myself, okay, I've exercised, all right, and it's about such and such a time. Okay, I have an appointment at such and such a time, and, and therefore, I need to rush home. My intention was to get home, take a shower, and go to my appointment. So I'm there walking alone. I'm just cooling down. I'm walking, I'm walking, and I see my English friend running. The moment I see him, it's as if I forgot. It's like the spirit, the spirit of distraction just took over me. And I forgot that I had an appointment to meet. I ran after my friend and then I caught up with him. And then he says to me, hey, I have like three kilos to do. You want to join me? I'm like, yeah, sure. Then I started running after one kilometer and I started to remember, oh my goodness, I have an appointment to, <laughs> to meet. But I've just agreed to my friend to join him in the run. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that, but I found myself in that situation. And the whole time I'm telling myself, I'm here hanging out with my friend, but my friend is not going to help me meet my intention. He's not going to help me execute my intention for my appointment. You see, sometimes many of us, we're not accomplishing our intentions because we allow people to distract us. We allow movies to get in the way. We allow our phones to get in the way. You are reading a book. You sit down. The moment you sit down, you get a text and you start responding. The next thing you realize, man, it's been 20 minutes and I've been texting. Because you see, when you want to execute your intentions sometimes, sometimes you just have to say, you know what? I'm going to do this in isolation. I'm going to be alone in this. Nobody, I don't care if nobody joins me, but I'm going to get to the finish line because the, the intention is that important important don't allow a moment of excitement to hinder the execution of your intentions please don't do it you got to be willing to say you know what it's not going to happen today no way no how no no how come hello high water i'm gonna do this you know what come hello high water today i'm gonna read come hello high water today i'm gonna apply come hello high water today i'm going to go out there come hello high water today i'm gonna finish the assignment you have to be determined you have to be focused and you say you know what i'm gonna get this done because you are daring for more <laughs> because you want to accomplish that dream because you want to get there because you need to understand something here when you say yes to something automatically you're saying no to something else because when i joined my friend to run when i had already finished running you know what i did i said no to breakfast because when i got home i didn't have time to get ready to get prepared and because i didn't have time to get ready to get prepared i had to miss breakfast the most important meal of the day
So when you have had that intention and, 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 and it's clear, you want to execute those intentions, you have outlined those intentions, what you need is audacity. What you need is audacity. Now you see, uh, the story tells us a very interesting detail. Jesus is sitting at the well and he is there sitting, perched up, doing his thing. But there comes out a woman at noon as well. Now, typically women did not draw water at noontime. Now, scholars have excavated why the woman came out at, 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 at noon uh, to, um, to draw water. Now, I'm not going to excavate their ideas anymore, but I just want to whet your appetite with this idea. She was the gossip of the town. Every woman in town, everybody in town talked about this woman. And so to avoid the yapping of the, the, the people in the town, she decided to tiptoe to, uh, to the well at noon where nobody could see her. Her intention was not to see anybody. Her intention, her intention was to be alone in isolation. But I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that sometimes when we intend to be alone, sometimes when we intend to hide, sometimes when we intend to not be seen, God always intends to meet us. God is always there waiting for us. There is no place we can run. There is no place we can hide where Jesus can't see us. There is no place where you can go where God can't find you. And I want to talk to somebody right here, right now. You may be running from God, but I want you to know God is waiting for you. And whatever place you go, whatever idea that you have, God can find you right there. And if you today, you only say, Lord, I want you to be, I want you to be found. God is going to find you. Lord, today I want you to change my story. God is going to change your story. Lord, today I want you to elevate me. God is going to elevate you. Lord, today I want to stop this and I want to start this. God will help you to stop this and help you to start that. Amen, somebody. So I'm glad that Jesus, uh, Jesus was there waiting for the, for the woman. She wanted to get water. She wanted to satisfy her needs. She wanted simply to take care of what she needed to take care of. But Jesus was there because he understood that she needed something greater. He understood that she needed something more potent for her impotence. Jesus understood that he needed to elevate her. And so I want to tell somebody. Jesus is the change that you need. This woman can, comes out and she starts a conversation with Jesus. And in fact, Jesus is the one who started the conversation. You see, in those times, it was very strange for a man to initiate a conversation with a woman in public. Fellas, check this. I mean, uh, many of us, we, we, we see a lady, we like a lady, you know, we, we, we go straight and we talk to her. Whether it's in the mall, whether it is at church, uh, we're we cool with that. But that was not the case in those times. And so here Jesus took an audacious move. Here we see the audacity of Jesus. Jesus says, give me to drink. Give me something to to put into my system and you see the 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 the, the, the text makes a very important uh, concept and i want to drill back on this point because it's helping us to see how audacious jesus was 
Because uh, the, the text says that the disciples went into the city to buy meat because Jewish discrimination was not going to allow for this interaction. Racism is not a new thing because the Jews looked at the Samaritans as a doormat. But Jesus allowed the disciples to go out of the, the way so that he could have this encounter. And so the, the writer is letting us know what Jesus was doing right here, the disciples could have never done. Mm-hmm. What Jesus is doing right here, the disciples would never think to do. What Jesus was doing right here, it would have never come into the mind of the disciples. That is what audacity is all about. It is doing things that are out of the ordinary. It is doing things that nobody else is doing. Uh, too many of us, we wait for others. Is everybody doing it? Is everybody following? Is everybody watching the movie? It doesn't matter if others are not doing it. But if you feel and you're impressed to do it, please, by all means, go ahead and do that thing. And so here the woman is surprised. And because she's saying to herself, this Jewish man, man, he got some audacity in him. This Jewish man is a man because he dared to ask of me, a woman of Samaria, water. And she's asking Jesus because she, she's saying, Jesus, you I a Jew. Remember you, a Jew, better than me, a Samaritan. I mean, I'm the doormat here. You are the foot. I'm the doormat. You're the foot. I mean, you are asking water from me. This woman is surprised because of the audacity of Jesus. You see, that, that's the beauty of audacity. Because when you do something strange uh, that is not uh, uh, the norm and, and people look at what you have done, they are surprised by that situation. In fact, it helps them to kind of evaluate who they are in relation to you. And they start to think about it. Hey Amen. What's going on about uh, with me and about me? And so this woman is surprised at the audacity of Jesus. You see, listen to this carefully. You dare for more when your dreams cause you to change into new lanes. You see, the Jews drove on the overpass in terms of how they lived. They were above, right? Like, like an overpass. You're traveling on the overpass. Maybe you want to make it from City Walk to Caucasus, and there's that overpass. You're going over the overpass. Or you can choose to go underpass, and you pass through... Um, you pass through, uh, what, what's this mall there? ITC and Mall Ambassador. You pass through those places. Uh, Jesus, instead of going over past the, the higher level, the faster lane, Jesus decided to go, to go underpass because he wanted to meet this woman. He, the Jews were supposed to go up there, but Jesus decided to go under here because he, he could see that if I can only get in touch with this lady, if I can only get in touch with this woman, there's going to be a change in the story. Of the Samaritans. There's going to be a change in the destiny of this nation. I have a dream to see that these people know the gospel. I have a dream to see that these people understand who I am. I have a dream. I am dreaming for a change to happen. Jesus just wasn't thinking about water. Jesus just wasn't thinking about uh, uh, interacting with this woman. Jesus was thinking about what could become of this woman. And therefore, the reason why he was so audacious is because, Gun, he was dreaming big. Because he was dreaming big. Are you dreaming big? 
Because when you dream big, you're willing to be audacious enough. Jesus could have simply watched the woman draw water and she goes back to her house with her five husbands. But Jesus understood that this is my moment. I'm going to take this moment because this moment is going to catapult me to the next level. When you are dreaming big and you say, you know what, I want to get that degree. <laughs> when you're dreaming big and you say, I want to get that degree, you be audacious enough to go to the embassy you be audacious enough to go to another country even though you don't know the language you be audacious enough to go because you have a dream to get that thing and so you need to learn to dream big are your dreams big enough to ask jesus there to ask for more because he had a dream are your dreams big enough for you to ask you see our biggest dreams, I believe, should have something to do with the kingdom of God. And here was Jesus' greatest dream. He has something for this woman because he wanted to bring about a change. Look, be the best that you can be. You know what I mean? Establish yourself. Get a career. You know, elevating your profession. Whatever it is that you got to do. I don't care. But make sure that what you do in relation to your profession has something to do in relation to the profession that God has given each and every one of us. And that is to bring other people into the kingdom of God. Jesus was dreaming for Samaria to know him. Have you ever dreamt for Jakarta to know him? Have you ever dreamt for your non-Christian friends, those who don't know God, to know him? Are you dreaming big enough that you are making an impact in the kingdom of God? You see, we are not islands. I say it once again. We are connected. The reason why you are in that job, the reason why you work in that office, it's not just for you to get a promotion, but it's for you to make an impact. Uh, by the way, as a pastor, I get to meet only you guys most of the time. So we're at church, we interact, but you guys are doctors, you are business people. You get to meet a whole lot of people more than I could ever meet. Why not saying, you know what, I have a dream to also do something important uh, for the kingdom of God. So you see, when you have been, uh, your intentions are clear and then you're audacious enough. What you need to understand is the last thing is that uh, you need to understand the idea about gravity. You need to understand the idea about gravity in the sense of what is actually going to happen when I accomplish my intentionality. Yes, I want to execute them and I'm audacious enough, but what is the gravity of the situation? And here Jesus helps us to understand it very clearly. The text says, he talks to the woman. He says, if you knew who it is, who it is, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is is asking you, give me to drink. You would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. If you knew who you were dealing with, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew what I had to offer, then you would have dared to ask for more. Mm -mm -mm. If you really understood the gravity of the situation, if you really understood the gift of God, and the giver of the gift then you would have dared to ask for more you see this woman makes a mistake where you and i often make a mistake because we don't fully understand who god is because we don't fully understand who he is in our requests we are not daring enough in our requests, we are not strong enough. We don't think big enough because we haven't fully understood the gift 
and the giver. Let me talk about the gift for a moment. You see, the gift that Jesus was talking about was living water. This woman, we know her story. She was um, the story of the town. She had had five husbands. She changed, she changed boyfriends like how Formula One cars are changed, their tires when they're racing. They go around the track a couple times. They have to change the tires. She changed boyfriends like Formula One cars. She was going through many boyfriends and, and many situations and, and she had many different people in her life. Many men in her life promised her good things, promised her a future, but she was always left. She was always left heartbroken. Many of the men in her life gave her carbonated drinks. Many of the men in her life gave her drinks that only made her more thirsty. But Jesus is saying, I am here to give you an oxygenated drink. I'm here to give you something that will satisfy. I'm here to anchor you on the seafloor of God's satisfaction. I, what I will give you will be so good. What I'll give you will be so nice that it will never make you have another wandering eye. It will never make you start to think and look this way and that way because you're going to be anchored on the seafloor of my satisfaction. What I'll give you is living water. And listen to me, my brother, my sister. God gives you what satisfies. God gives you what satisfies your needs. You can go to, uh, you, can, you, can, you can seek to be satisfied by your job. But let me tell you, your job without God is a carbonated drink. You can seek to be satisfied by money. But let me tell you, money is a carbonated drink. You can seek to be satisfied by traveling. But let me tell you, traveling is a carbonated drink. You can seek to be satisfied by popularity. But let me tell you, popularity is a carbonated drink. You can, be, you can seek to be satisfied in a relationship, in a man or a woman. But let me tell you, that is a carbonated drink. You can seek to be satisfied by being the, the, most, the richest person in, 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 in the place, by being the most influential. But those things are carbonated drinks. Nothing in this world without God satisfies. But Jesus can offer us what is an oxygenated drink. He can give us something that we will never be thirsty again. You know how it is. You, you've drunk that Sprite. You've drunk that Fanta. You've, you've drunk that Coca-Cola. You know what I mean? You've drunk that Pocari. Uh-huh. <laughs> you've drunk that tea bottle. <laughs> you've drunk all of it. But you still need water. And Jesus understands because he knows we have been created for water. We have been made for water. We haven't been made for carbonated drinks. We have been made for oxygenated drinks. <laughs> that is why we call it H2O. You see, the beauty of it is this. The gift satisfies, but the gift satisfies because... It is not the gift that satisfies, it is because the giver who satisfies. Notice Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who gives you the gift, the giver, the giver. Because here's the thing, when you have tasted what God can give, when you have tasted, tasted that satisfying drink from God, guess what? You want more. You want more. You see, Jesus wasn't saying, I'm going to give you water today and you never need to drink again. That's not what Jesus was saying. What Jesus was saying was like this. 
it's going to be so good that you're going to want more of the same. Are you understand what I'm saying? Many of us, we have our favorite drinks. For me, when I go to Starbucks, my favorite drink is uh, chamomile tea. I like it. I get me a tall cup. I like it. I like it warm, not too hot, not too cold. They always ask me, do you want it cold? Do you want it hot? I said, no, I want it just perfect. Make it warm. You know what I mean? Because usually I go to Starbucks in the afternoon. I've had lunch. And so I need that chamomile tea, herbal tea now, herbal tea to, you know, settle my stomach nicely. So I'm there in Starbucks. I'm working, doing stuff that I need to do. You, you, know, you know what I mean? And I keep coming to Starbucks because that chamomile tea. Get what I'm saying? And many of you have your favorite places where you go to get your favorite drink. Because when you have tasted it, when it's so good, you want more of the same. And that's what Jesus is saying. I am the source of that. I am the, the, the fountain of that. And therefore, when you have drunk from me, you will want to drink more from me. And specifically, what Jesus was talking about was the gift of the Holy Spirit. The living water refers to the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now somebody will tell me, Pastor, uh, why, why the Holy Spirit? Here's the point. The Holy Spirit is the, is the architect. The Holy Spirit is the expert in daring for more. Just uh, listen to Zechariah tell us about the Holy Spirit. He says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. You can push. You can struggle. You can make plans, but unless you have the Holy Spirit to propel you, you will never dare for more. You will never dare for greatness. You're going to only simply remain at less and not really achieve the success that God has intended for you. This is why Jesus said, it is for your benefit that I go away because you need the Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus wants to give us a Holy Spirit. And he was amazed that the Father is willing to give us a Holy Spirit. But many of us, we don't ask for the Holy Spirit. How many times? When was the last time that you said, God, give me the Spirit. I need him right now. God, I need that extra push. You see, I was with some friends a couple of weeks ago. We, we went to Gunung Batu. And we were passing Bogor and... Uh, and we were like in a motorcade style. So there were cars. We were all driving together and we're passing through Gunung Batu. And we came to a place of, it was a steep place. And one of our friends in his car, he was trying to go up the steep uh, climb. And man, he was accelerating. He was putting the pedal to the floor. But the car would go up. He accelerated. But the more he accelerated, he ended up decelerating. And so he accelerated, decelerated. So me and, and, and some of the friends in, in the other car, we stopped the car, we jumped out. And there we were trying to help our friend. And you know how we did it? We said to him, you accelerate, we're going to push. And sure enough, he accelerated and we pushed. And the car made it over the hill. Listen to me, the Holy Spirit is that extra push you need. Yeah, you want to make it happen in your company. You have a plan, a five-year strategic plan. You know, you want your company to achieve. A friend of mine told me this week that his company is trying to achieve a certain percent, a certain amount in, in the trillions of rupiah. Uh, that's good. That's a good plan. But you need the push of the Holy Spirit. You want the song to touch your heart. Yeah, practice your your notes and, and, you know, develop your voice. Yeah, do that. 
But for it to have impact, you need the push of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you want things to really transform in your family. Yeah. Go for counseling. That's good. Mm -hmm. You know, tell your wife or your husband, I love you. Uh-huh. Bring the kids gifts. That's good. But if you want your family to go to the next level, you need the push of the Holy Spirit. Unless he gives us a push of the Holy Spirit, unless we have the push of the Holy Spirit, we're going to accelerate but only end up decelerating. And many of us, we're not achieving what we could achieve because we don't have God's power in our lives. We don't have him guiding us and helping us along. So I hope you have understood the, the gravity of the gift and the gravity of the giver. And Paul puts it very beautifully in Ephesians chapter 3 verse number 20. He says this. He says now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Whatever you are asking. Whatever you are thinking. God can go another level. God can go higher than that. And so here, brother and sister, I'm here to tell you, the reason why you can dare to ask for more is because God has more. Because God is more. Because he is a definition of what it means to have surplus and abundance. When God does his accounting at the end of the year, after all the prayer requests we have given, he is never in deficit. He's always in profit. <laughs> God never loses. You can ask him for a hundred things and he's going to have a hundred things more. So listen to me. This is a promise from God to you. Dare him, Lord I really want this. Lord, I really want that. Because you have said in your word that you are able to do exceeding above that I can ask or think. Please keep your word. And so we serve somebody who is beyond. We serve somebody who is great. I'm reminded of Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great was a great king. He, he achieved success at the age of 33. He had conquered the whole world at the time. Now, every year he had a, he had a, uh, he had a ritual or he had, a, he had, a, he had instituted a, um, I mean, the, the, the word is run out of my mind. But he had instituted a, a program. Yeah, program is better. So he says, you know, any one of my subjects can come to me and ask me of anything and I'm going to give it to them. So subjects would come and they would ask, uh, King, you know, uh, I need uh, a little money to be able to pay off my debts. Uh, and then the king will be like, oh, no problem. He'll talk to his accountants. Hey, uh, please give for the debt. Uh, king, I'm having a dispute with so-and-so. Uh, please, can you? Uh, the king would give that. But one day, there came a man who dared to ask for more. And says to the king, king, I want you to give me a palace. A palace in such and such a place. Now, those who were there looked at the man and said, what Kool-Aid did you drink today? What, what Susu did you drink today? What has gotten in your mind to ask the king for such an outrageous request? But he asked again, king, I want you to give me a palace. And when the king heard the request of the man, the king smiled. Because for the first time, there was a man who had dared to ask him, <clears throat> who had dared to ask him based upon the gravity of his position. The man understood that this is a king.
And because he is a king, he is able to do for me exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think. Because he is a king, he can meet my demands. Do you understand the gravity of God's position? Because of the gravity of his position, because he is the king of the universe, then you, according to the statement, you, you, you can ask for grand things. The gravity of God's position creates a, a, the need for grand requests. We, 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 we make God uh, sad, just like Joash. God says, strike the ground. He said, God, okay, three times. Boom. But God is like, man, strike that ground. Ask for it. Make it real. Ask me according to my position and I will do it for you. Sometimes we are like that woman. That's our Phoenician woman. We come to Jesus. Lord, just the crumbs. God is like, you want crumbs? When I can make you, uh, like I can make you sit at the table and eat. Not the crumbs, but the real thing. And the woman make the same mistake. She, when Jesus is saying, I can give you this water. You know what she did? She said to Jesus, Jesus, this well is deep and it's the well of Jacob. And I'm like, man, woman, you, you, you're out of your mind because you don't understand. It is God who gave Jacob the money to build the well. It is God who gave Jacob the piece of land. And therefore she was limiting God, just like Joash and many of us limiting God. And you cannot dare for more. You cannot go to the level that you need to go to if you are limiting God. It will not, it will not work. And, and this woman is making the very same mistake. But Jesus allowed her to, uh, he talked with her. He helped her to understand. And in the end, she said, yeah, God, I'm not going to limit you. I'm going to actually ask you for the very things that I need. Because she said to Jesus, Jesus, give me this living water. I want this living water. And Jesus said to her, yes, I'm willing to give it to you. But before I can give it to you, I need to correct you. Before I can give it to you, I need to change what's wrong with you. Because you have five husbands. You have, you have been, you've been living with them. Things are not right with you. We have to change. And so brother and sister, God wants to give you more. He wants to change your life, but he wants to change you first before he can give you what you want. And many of us, we want God to give us more, but we are not willing to be more. But I'm here to tell you that the greatest thing you can ask God is God to take away your pride. Is God to take away your gossip. God to take away your discouragement. God to take away your sin. God to take away your hate. God to take away your anger. Be more. Do more. Lord, say like David, create in me a clean heart of God and renew a right spirit within me. I want to be different. I hope you want to be different as well. Dare to ask for more because God will do more and you'll be more. Hallelujah, somebody. This woman, yes, had the gift of God. Yes, this woman had the gift of God. But please do not dare for less. Don't limit God. Please dare for more. Allow God uh, to do things in your life. You see, today I'm here to tell you, dare for more. Dare to ask for more. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. Say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to dream for this. I'm, I'm going to want this. I'm, I'm going I'm to need this. Dare for this thing. Dream big. What are the dreams that you have? Now, dream for those things. God is willing and wanting to give you that. Dare to ask him. You know, this week, what is that one thing? This is my dare for this week. Dare to ask. Please ask, 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 ask. God, God, please do for me. My brother, my sister, I want to dare to ask God because he's a grand God. He's good. He's, he's big. He's, he's awesome. He's great. So I'm going to ask him based upon his position. I don't want to belittle him. I want to 
I want to I wanna rise up. I'm not going to be shy. What is it that you need to ask God to do for you? For me, I just want God to make me a better person. I really want to be a better person. I want to be a, I want to, I want to be a better pastor. I want to be a better preacher. I want to be a better teacher. You know what I mean? I want to be a better brother and sister. That's what I want God to do in my life. You know what I mean? I want him to make me more. And I'm praying to God to, 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 today and say, Lord, yes, 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 Lord. I want to be more. And you know, I want to talk to somebody who has never given their life to Jesus. Because if you don't give your life to Jesus, you will never be more. Listen to me carefully. If you don't give your life to Jesus, you will never be more. And so today is, a, is an opportunity to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to dare to ask for more. Make me a Christian. I want to know you. I want to be baptized. I want to do Bible studies. We're here to serve you. Myself, Pastor Johannes, the team is here to serve you. We, we want to help you to be more. Today can be the day you say, Lord, today I'm going to be more. I'm going to dare to ask for more. Every head is bowed. Every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Father God, you are good. You are great. You are awesome. And I thank you today that you allowed us to elevate ourselves mm -mm -mm. you're allowed to elevate ourselves because you have given us a promise that we can ask for more because you are able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ask or think please lord give us what we need and what we desire this is my prayer in the awesome and wonderful name of jesus christ i pray amen god bless you